The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You're listening to This Week in Fantasy Baseball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Week in Fantasy Baseball Off-Season Edition. I'm Lee Keller, joined by John Kuh. Today, we're dedicating a full episode to free agent signings. There's been a lot of them, and if you've been focusing on football and tuned out of baseball the past few months, we hope that this episode will bring you up to speed. We'll go over who went where, what we think about the moves in a real-life and fantasy perspective, and also cover some other player news. It's been quite a while since our last episode. It's even a new year, in fact, so happy new year and happy holidays to everybody listening. We hope you were able to spend some quality time with your friends and families. Speaking of friends, John, long time no speak. How has your offseason been? What have you been up to? Hey, good to be back. Yeah, uh, I have been focusing on football for the last few months. Um, It's been a fun seasons for the vikings and then obviously we got bounced out in in the first round by the giants so that was unfortunate but uh we are back to baseball mode um i'm still dabbling a little bit in you know fantasy hockey and still following basketball but uh yeah baseball is coming up a lot quicker than uh than you think um it's kind of crazy that spring training basically starts next month already um with pitchers and catchers reporting so um lots to look forward to uh, but yeah, other than that, it's been it's been a chill off season. Uh, Minnesota's just been getting dumped with snow, so you know, classic winter weather here. Uh, how how are you doing? Things are pretty good. Things are pretty good. I can't complain. I'm not a big football fan, so the off season is kind of boring for me. I kind of just do fantasy sure. baseball prep. <laughs> so yep. it's just been a lot of that. I am a Giants fan. If I were to watch football, so okay. unfortunate that my Giants knocked out your Vikings. So sorry about that on behalf of yeah, the people who don't watch football, <laughs> but hopefully the Giants win it all. That'd be really cool just for the state of New York and people would enjoy that here. I know a lot of my friends are diehard Giant fans, so hopefully sure. they can enjoy something because Mets and Yankees fans had nothing to enjoy last year besides getting knocked out of the playoffs. So yeah, it was, hopefully it was things tough. Around. Yeah, I was definitely rooting for the Mets, but it's uh, yeah, they have bounced out in pretty pretty quick fashion. Yeah, you weren't so. rooting for too long because we played three yeah. total games. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was not very nice, but what are you going to do? You know, we just got to hope for the best, but I'm just hoping that we can have a good fantasy season this year. I had an off year last year, and hopefully I can climb back from the depths and have a good season this year. 
Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's why we play every year, right? It's to, in 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 chasing of that elusive championship. Yep. Um, yeah, it should be fun this season. I'm thinking about maybe dabbling in potentially NFBC stuff or okay, maybe wrapping up some DFS stuff as well. So nice. You know, maybe moving beyond uh, the standard uh, fantasy baseball life that I've been in for the last year, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Have you done any and- drafts yet? I've done like a mock draft that was for a, like a mock TGFBI draft. Okay. Um, but beyond that, I haven't really done any other stuff. I've just basically been, you know, listening to podcasts and reading up some, some articles here and there. How about you? I've done a dynasty draft so far. It's just been okay. minor league players. Yep. So it's just a minor league draft at the moment. And mm-hmm. it's actually with a bunch of pitcherless people. So it's really cool that nice. I'm getting involved with a bunch of the writers and we started a dynasty league. It's going to be really fun. My minors draft went pretty well so far, but in terms of, mock drafts and stuff. I haven't really dabbled in that. I've just been starting my rankings recently, and hopefully I can have that for my knowledge for the podcast later on and share that with you guys because hopefully that'll be helpful. But that's pretty much all I've been doing. I haven't really started any leagues, so to speak. But we have to defend our honor in the Pitcherless Podcast Network League because we finished in second place, and we got to come back for that title. Hopefully we we can run that back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were, oh, man, it was just, it was so close. It was close up to the very end, you yep. know. It, it was literally it the last day. Could have went right. Yeah, It was, yeah, and it, you know, shout out to In the Deep and uh, Schwebzy and, and uh, Jordan for, for taking the championship. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be coming back this year with a vengeance. Yeah, I really like how we did last year. We both made some good decisions on who to pick up, who to draft, and we did really well just together managing it. And I actually didn't even come on board as a co-manager until like, the end of the season because I totally yeah. forgot that I wasn't a part of that team. <laughs> but I mean, we did well. when you're when you're in that many leagues, right? It's just easy to forget stuff like yep. like you know, like 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 leagues like this. So yeah, um, yeah. But I guess you know, moving on, we we've got a long. Well, I don't want to say a long off season. We've got you know about a month until you know pitchers and catchers report. Then we got off season, and then you know baseball finally starts in April. But there's plenty of content on Pitcherless, uh, the website right now. We've got daily articles from the Dynasty team uh, for each team's top fantasy baseball prospects. So you know maybe for you as you're going through your minor league drafts right now, or yep. maybe you have a first year player draft coming up. I, um, I've got one coming up in about a month ish. Uh, definitely some good content there. We've got articles from the baseball team on sleepers and busts for each team. Um, and then Nick is also posting a podcast pretty much every single day, previewing every team's rotation. So got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, we also got the Pitchless Podcast Network, obviously pumping out podcasts every single week, talking about fa- fantasy baseball strategy, you know, ranking top players at each position, a lot of draft recap stuff going on too, whether it's mock drafts or, or real drafts that are, that people are doing. Um, so just kind of a you know a way to wet your tongue and, and kind of get a, get a taste for. Um, off-season baseball content and then we've also got PitchCon coming up at the end of this month that's pitcher list uh online baseball conference january 25th to the 28th uh and new this year we're looking to raise ten thousand dollars for the als association um so definitely a really cool thing to be a part of um a lot of baseball to keep you busy uh as as we wait for pitchers and catchers to report yeah, there's a lot of content being posted on PitcherList, so make sure you stay up to date with everything by going to PitcherList.com. Check out the PitcherList Podcast Network, like John said. And the big thing is PitchCon. PitchCon is a whole lot of fun, and there's so many smart people that are involved with so much good information being pumped out. And 
for the least, if you can donate anything, that'd be great to go towards the ALS Association. $10,000, I think, is definitely feasible, but make sure you just at least tune in and spread the news about it because January 25th to 28th will be a fantasy baseball overload for information. So make sure you tune in, donate if you can. It's a great cause. But before we get into all of the offseason moves, I'd like to remind all of you that you can follow our podcast on Twitter at ThisWeekPL. We want to hit 100 followers at least by the start of the season. So please follow us. We would appreciate it. And you can send us your fantasy baseball questions to our email at ThisWeekPLPod at gmail.com. Lastly, make sure that you subscribe to or follow the podcast on whatever streaming platform that you listen to your podcast on, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on all of them, so make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review if you enjoy listening to us. Also, we don't know exactly what our schedule will be this off-season. We want to post more frequently, but we're not quite sure on which dates because we're both busy during this off-season, but we will have more off-season editions of This Week in Fantasy Baseball, so make sure you stay up to date with that. But now, John, kick us off with the moves within the AL West. We're going to go in division order. So we're going to go AL West, AL Central, AL East, then NL West, NL Central, NL East, and recap all of the moves. So, John, kick us off with that. Yeah, uh, this was not intentional, but we are starting off with the world champions, Houston Astros. Yep. Uh, they had a, you know, a, a decent offseason. Uh, their big signing, obviously, was Jose Abreu, uh, you know, 35-year-old. Oh, sorry, 36-year-old. Uh, you know, coming from the Chicago White Sox to to Houston now, playing first base for them, replacing Yuli Gurriel. Uh, but they also re-signed Rafael Montero, um, a relief pitcher for them. Good good source of holds this past year. Uh, re-signed outfielder Michael Brantley. And then just a fun name, Bly Madrid. I don't know if you remember last year, uh, his first <laughs> uh, at-bat or his first game uh, as a Pittsburgh Pirate in the majors, uh, he hit a homer. Uh, which was just kind of a fun thing. Obviously, he's not going to really be a big contributor on this Astros team, but it'd be fun to, fun to just mention his name. Yeah, it's funny because Bly Madris, I think he came up alongside with O'Neill Cruz kind of, yep. and he outshined mm-hmm. him, and everyone was like, is Bly Madris better than O'Neill Cruz? <laughs> and the answer was no. <laughs> the answer was definitely not. But yeah, cool pickup yeah. by the Astros. And honestly, if the Astros are picking him up, that means he probably has some potential that they can work out. So he might be a name for really deep leagues to keep an eye on because if he gets any playing time, kind of like Chaz McCormick did, he got a little mm, playing yep. time and he was kind of relevant. So keep an eye on Bly Madris. He might be great. And I'm a big fan of the Jose Abreu signing. Yuli Gurriel mm-hmm. got the job done in Houston, but Jose Abreu is going to drive in so many runs. He's a perennial 100 RBI guy to begin with for fantasy. And mm-hmm. I just think that if he can hone in on that pull-happy park where if he could just start pulling the ball a lot, he's going to hit over 30 homers, 110 RBI easy. Yeah, he, I mean, he is coming off a down year yes, this past he year. Definitely is. Uh, you know, only 15 homers, 75 uh, RBI. But, you know, I, you know, like we just said, right, the changing of the park might help him. Uh, being in warmer weather, yeah, you know, for a year round is, is going to be good for a guy who's 36. Uh, obviously, he's surrounded by a lot of talent. I think um, roster resource right now has him batting fifth uh, behind Alex Bregman and in front of Kyle Tucker. So obviously, he's got some good protection there. Um, so yeah, I I think this is a pretty solid move for for Houston. You know, they don't need Abreu to be you know like an MVP candidate or anything. They just need him to provide really solid uh, batting in the middle of their order um, and just provide a little bit of that pop that he's known for. Yeah, the one thing about that with the weather is a great note because the Cuban and Dominican players, they really start slow in the cold weather. They're not used to the cold weather. I remember Cespedes always started off really slow. Edwin Encarnacion started off really slow. 
And Jose Abreu, once again, is a slow starter in that colder weather. So now that he's going to be in warmer weather in Texas, I think he might get off to a hot start and he might just have a better, better bounce back year. Yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, Next, we're going to move on to the Los Angeles Angels. Um, Honestly, kind of a pretty meh offseason for them. Uh, Obviously, they're going into Otani's final year of his contract. Uh, You know, Trout was hurt for a good chunk of last year. Um, you know, they started out really hot. The Angels were actually really fun to watch last season, uh, but then they just really faded, uh, you know, as, as the season went on. But they picked up Tyler Anderson, who had his breakout season with the Dodgers uh, last year. They traded for Gio Urshela and Hunter Renfro. Um, they signed Brandon Drury, um, and they also got Brett Phillips, who I mean, is, you know, kind of a good depth piece, but not really much to speak of there. And then also signed Carlos Estevez, who is a relief pitcher. Not too much. If I could say one word to sum up the Angels offseason, it's pieces. They got a bunch of pieces that they can plug into different areas, and they needed Mm -hmm. some depth, honestly, because they are very injury-prone from Trout to Rendon. Uh, Otani's always a risk. Obviously, thank God he hasn't gotten hurt because he's been a stud, but there's always risks everywhere on the Angels. So the fact that they added Tyler Anderson to shore up the rotation, they did lose Syndergaard to another Mm -hmm. Los Angeles team, but that'll come later. And they added Hunter Renfro, which I really like that signing. I wanted the Mets to get Hunter Renfro, but unfortunately yeah. he went to the Angels. But I think he's just a great player. He's super slept on, especially for fantasy purposes. Drury mm-hmm. also had a great year last year. I don't think he'll keep it up yep. this year, but mm-hmm. also a good name to look out for. Yeah, and, and they're they're going to be really kind of dependent on you know some guys that broke out last year to be you know doing that well. You know, you mentioned Drury already, twenty eight homers last year. But yep. Taylor Ward obviously was kind of you know one of those. People that you know came out of nowhere last yeah. year was basically leading the majors in. I think he was leading the majors in like the triple crown, like halfway through the season. Yep. Obviously, he didn't get it. Um, but yeah, assuming you've got a healthy Mike Trout, assuming Rendon's back healthy, um, you know, it's still a really solid lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like um, Urshela there, just kind of as a guy who can play third. He can play short. He's just a really good infield. Uh, pick up there um and then yeah i I do really like renfro uh in in la i think that's a that was a good pickup for them considering that they didn't really give up a lot to to get him right and he looks a lot like mike trout there's always the meme it's like we have mike trout at home it's hunter renfro (laughs) yeah so i I like yeah yeah, now they're on the same team they look alike and they can have a fashion competition with each other but i i like the moves that they made i think they needed some bigger moves just as a team yeah a lot Mm -hmm. of people always say oh the angels this year the angels this year and they always fall short so I can't get my hopes up, but it would be very nice to see Otani and Trout in the playoffs. And at the very least, if they don't do well, Otani's in the Mets. Just throwing it out there. Just would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think if most Angels fans probably wish that they had maybe picked up another quality pitcher. Yep. Um, just because the rotation still kind of kind of weak. You know, yep. It's, it's up Otani, Anderson. You've got uh, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers. Uh, but, you know, this, those are just kind of guys. Um, besides Otani, obviously, yeah, um, who who can, you know, give you a solid outing every single time they, they come to pitch. So uh, moving on to the athletics, uh, they had one of the bigger trades of the, of the offseason. Uh, they traded away Sean Murphy and got back Kyle Muller and Estuary Ruiz. Uh, but they also picked up Trevor May, um, Aldemis Diaz. And then they also picked up uh, Shintaro Fujinami from the MPB. Um, so... Some interesting moves here. Estuary Ruiz, uh, you know, he he came up last season with a lot of hype, uh, but then got traded to 
um, Atlanta and then um, didn't really do a ton there. Uh, and then now he's, you know, in, in Oakland now. And then Kyle Muller is also kind of one of those interesting pieces, uh, you know, a top pitching prospect in the Atlanta organization. Uh, but now he's going to be in Oakland and Oakland's got a really fun young rotation. Um, kind of some interesting names, right? You've got Kyle Muller there, but then you also have JP Sears. Um, and I think there's uh, Waldachuk and Waldachuk, who they got from Yankees as well in yep. the um, Montas trade. Um, so some interesting names, but honestly, kind of a really just whatever sort of offseason <laughs> from the A's. Like, you look at their team, and it's like, all right, they just got a lot of young guys, and they're not that good. <laughs> hey, they still have certified stud Cole Irvin. I don't want to hear about their rotation being. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cole Irvin was great. No, but in reality, though, the craziest thing about this offseason is the most paid player on the Oakland Athletics is mm -hmm. Trevor May. That's incredible. <laughs> Trevor May has the largest contract on the Oakland Athletics. That That's, is yeah. what? That's head scratching. How can they even be an organization? They should just delete the team and start yeah. again. Give an owner a what is going on? <laughs> just that is terrible. But right. I do like the trade. I like Estieri Ruiz. I like Kyle Muller. I like that Sean Murphy trade. Obviously, you would think to get more for Sean Murphy, especially because Atlanta locked him down for a long-term deal pretty cheap afterwards. Mm -hmm. So you'd think that he would yield somewhat of a bigger return. But they got some pieces. Aledmus Diaz, he was solid. He just plugs into different places and gives him a little depth. And Shintaro Fujinami is actually really interesting. He came to the MLB, and I believe he, like, stunk really badly. Like, he went through a really bad period. Then he went and, he like, fixed himself, and now he's back. So... Hopefully, good things for him because he has a little bit of history. I don't know all about it. I just know bits and pieces. So if you want to go and research Fujinami, everyone out there, go mm -hmm. be my guest. But he has an interesting story. So I'm going to follow that closely in the athletic season. And I hope he does well because that would be a really cool redemption arc. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the outfield. I mean, not that it's that interesting for fantasy purposes, but bringing Esri Ruiz, who is probably going to play center. Yep. But then they also got Christian Pache from the Atlanta yeah, right um in the uh the Matt Olson trade right? right so they've got these two kind of you know fast studs in in the outfield and I should I sh I did misspoke Asturias actually came over from Milwaukee right. not from Atlanta right, um, right right but um yeah they've got these two fast guys who are going to be not great bats but lots of speed yep. um and Right now, Ruiz is actually projected for 34 stolen bases, which is kind of insane. I don't know if I believe that 100%, uh, but he is kind of known as the guy who stole, what was it, like 60 bases in the minors or something yeah, ridiculous like that? Yeah, in a ridiculous short amount of time, he stole yeah. a ton of bags, yeah. Yeah, so it, it could be it could be a really fun A's season, is probably what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all you can really hope for as an A's fan, is that it's somewhat fun. But we yep. will talk about the rule changes at the end of this episode from the MLB. We'll just go over them very quickly. But Estier mm -hmm. Ruiz stole a lot of bases in the minors, and that's with the bigger bags, and that's what's happening in MLB next season. So who knows? Mm -hmm. 34 yeah. might be accurate. Yeah, well, uh, there'll be definitely, definitely something to look out for. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Seattle Mariners, who finally uh, got rid of the curse and made the playoffs. Really fun season for them, obviously. Got to see Julio Rodriguez break out as a future superstar. 
Um, and they short up their outfield by trading for Teoscar Hernandez. I really liked that deal, actually. Yep. Not not for not for Teoscar. He went from Toronto to like a worse park in, in Seattle. Yep. Um, but I do like that for the Mariners. Um, and they also picked up Colton Wong um, and AJ Pollock as well. So not like a ton of moves, but I think like solid moves. You know, they got legitimate major leaguers um, who can contribute to their roster. And it's not like it needed a ton of fixing. So think good for Seattle and, and a pretty solid offseason for them. Yeah, they got three quality players, and that's really good. I love that Teoscar's on the Mariners, not for fantasy purposes. If we're talking from a fantasy standpoint, I think Teoscar takes a little bit of a hit. He mm-hmm. might steal yep. a little bit more because Seattle allows you to run a little bit more, and the bases are going to be bigger, like we said. So Teoscar might steal a little bit more, but I think the power might be hindered just a little bit. He does have legitimate power, though, so I don't see him struggling too much. Like, mm-hmm. Eugenio Suarez didn't struggle way too much going to Seattle after leaving the True. Reds yep. in Great American mm-hmm. Small Park. So I think that's a pretty good comp between the two. And I think Teoscar can have a good year in Seattle. Colton Wong, another good piece at second base, who's been fantasy relevant for what feels like 10 years now. He just is yeah. a good source of steals and power. A nice guy that can go 15-15 and really good in deep leagues. And AJ Pollock, who was sneaky good last year as well. So I think the Mariners mm-hmm. made some quality moves. Yeah, and it's interesting because the, the trade that they got for Teoscar was... Uh, shipping off, I believe it was Jesse Winker. No, sorry, they shipped off Eric Swanson. They shipped off Eric Swanson, who's a you know relief pitcher. They basically gave up nothing, in my opinion, to right. the Mariners. And then they swapped Jesse Winker for Colton Wong. Right, right, right. That was um, which it. Yep. I think was like yeah, I think it was like a pretty solid move overall. Um, you know, no knock on Winker, but he just didn't do that well in Seattle. Um, and I think. Colton Wong, you, you kind of know what you're going to get out of him and, yep. you know, decent average, decent on-base percentage. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Wong does in that that lineup. But I, I, overall, I think that was a you know solid trade for the Mariners. I agree. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Texas Rangers, who whew, they did a lot of stuff this offseason. Um, hilariously, we've listed five pitchers because uh, they more or less just got a new rotation. Yeah, they just built um, a rotation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you if you can't uh, if you can't uh, bring up a rotation for the minors, you just go buy it instead, yeah. <laughs> um, which is what the Rangers did. Um, they obviously started off with uh, well, I don't want to say it, but uh, Jacob Degrom oh. signed with the Rangers. Oh. Um, but then they also got Andrew Heaney, Nathan Eovaldi. They traded for Jacob Rizzi, and then they re-signed Martin Perez. So technically, they brought him back, but you know it, they basically just have a, a, a new five-man rotation this season. Uh, I'm still not over the whole Jacob DeGrom thing. It hurts so bad. I yeah. just, I, I love the dude. I love watching him pitch. It was a pleasure. It was a joy. Best pitcher in baseball. I wish him the best. Obviously, he kind of did not want to be in New York, and it was blatantly obvious towards the end of that. But, man, mm. oh, that hurt so bad. I just, I, I wish him the best. I'm, I'm still hurt. It's crazy. It's, <laughs> it's been yeah. a month or so, and I just, I'm still hurt. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be weird on opening day seeing him pitch, um, pitch there. So, uh, obviously, best of best of luck to him. He's getting the bag, you know, five, five I think five years, hundred eighty-five million. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, he's healthy for all five of those years, um, and it'll be nice, obviously, in warmer climates in Texas. Well, so. if he's healthy all five years, that contract's going to look like a steal. And that's oh, the completely. main concern of why 
the Mets didn't grab him and other teams weren't in on him. It's just because the age, the injury concern, all of that could piece. But in terms of fantasy value, DeGrom is still the best pitcher in baseball when healthy. Heaney mm-hmm. had a great year last year, and I expect good things for him. If you're looking yes. for a fantasy pitcher, probably an SP3 or 4. Eovaldi, mm-hmm. up in the air. If he's good, he's good. If he's bad, he's horrible. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that's a coin flip. And Odorizzi and Perez, hey, Martin Perez still my guy. I believe in him. But yeah. Odorizzi and Perez, good back-end guys like SP5s and 6s. Right. I mean, like we said, we we had a bet going on whether Martin Perez was going to finish as the SP30. Yep. And he was basically right at the cusp there. Yeah, so. he, I think he was 38, and it was kind of close. He had a, fell off at the end, and a lot of people catapulted up towards the end as well. But mm-hmm. very close. He was almost a top 30 pitcher for fantasy. Yeah. So, you know, good for the Rangers. I think Heaney is definitely very interesting if um, you've been following on pitcher lists. Jordan White, uh, who also does In the Deep podcast, he just released the uh, WES leaderboards for 2022. Okay. Uh, basically, it was kind of a way of looking at, you know, how do we make CSW a little bit better to kind of describe like better ability to earn strikes. Okay. Um, and, you know, basically, you know, how, how good of a pitcher are you in, in getting people to, to, you know, swing or just get, you know, get strikeouts. Right. And Heaney was number two on that list. Um, wow. And his numbers were incredible. I think he was like third in the league in swinging strike rate. Um, obviously, it what he wasn't like the best amazing pitcher because his other stats weren't like as good as that. But in terms of like being able to strike people out, Heaney was – you know, top five pitcher right up there. So Yeah, the only problem with him, once again, is the injury concern. Literally, if a gust yeah. of wind mm-hmm. blows the wrong way in Texas, all this <laughs> this whole rotation might fall apart. This yeah. whole rotation could fall down and die. I have no idea it, what could happen. Yeah, it, it's not going to be pretty. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see. All right, well, next we're going to move on to the AL Central, but uh, we'll be back right after this break. And we're back. Um, we're going to be talking about the AL Central now. Uh, going to start off with the Chicago White Sox. Um, they signed Mike Clevenger uh, to a deal. Um, they got Andrew Benatendi for a five-year, $75 million, uh, $75 million contract, which will be a very interesting talking point. Um, and then in kind of more sad news, um, Leon Hendricks kind of announced that he has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, and his timetable to return is currently unknown, but it's likely that he could be out for the season. Yeah, that's crazy news that Liam Hendricks got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We send him the best wishes we can and hope he has a speedy recovery and gets through it no problem. He was a big trade target for a lot of teams as well. So the White Sox might have been kind of trying to piece a trade together for him. And then this happens and it's like, man, not only were trade rumors going on, but now like you can't even play and... It just throws a wrench in everything for everybody, especially the Hendricks family. So obviously Mm -hmm. that's the most important thing over baseball and trades and fantasy. None of that matters compared to his health. So Mm -hmm. hopefully he feels better soon and can pitch again this year because he is an elite level closer. Yep. In terms of Clevenger and Benintendi, both pretty sneaky good fantasy options for next year, just value-wise. Clevenger Mm -hmm. can be really good. We've seen him at his best, and we've seen him last season kind of struggle through coming back. So Hopefully he can turn the corner there. And Benintendi, really interesting contract, but he's more of a third, fourth outfielder in my opinion, especially right. in 12, 14 team leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just tough with Benintendi because it's like he could have been this guy who you know potentially is like a, a you know a 25 homer, 25 steals guy, but he's never really hit that peak. He yep. you know he went 2020 in 2017, and everyone's like, oh okay, this kid's the the, the truth, and then just it hasn't been like that um, since then. Yep. Part of it is injury. Part of it is injury for sure. Um, 
but yeah, for Ben Intendi, I, I, to me, that's not, that's just like a huge contract for a guy that, um, I don't, I don't know if he really deserves it, but at the right. same time, like, yeah, he's going to be really solid. Like fantasy wise, he's going to be solid, like third outfielder on your team, fourth outfielder on your team. Um, yeah. Definitely a, a, a solid pickup at that point in the draft. Yeah. He went from the Royals to the Yankees and I really liked yeah. him on the Yankees as an option to be like a 2020 guy. Cause I think the power, especially in Yankee stadium and in the, mm. a, you know, AL East, I thought he was going to be great and phenomenal. And then just like that is Yankee tenures over and he's mm-hmm. on the White Sox and the White Sox is a good environment, especially because there's going to be some switch ups and management and whatnot. So yep. I'm looking forward to what he can do. And maybe because of the bigger bases and a different environment and more playing time, maybe mm-hmm. he returns to that 2020 plateau that he hit in 2017. Yeah. I mean, he's only 28, so it's not like he's going to be slowing down anytime soon. Right. Um, he's technically in the peak of where his career would be right now. So Yeah, he should technically um, be entering his prime. So hopefully he has a good season because he can be someone who is a 25, 25, 30, 30 potential if he has that power, if he decides to run. You know, it's just all about if it all comes together. Yeah, the the bad X right now has him for 14 homers and 10 stolen bases. That's probably um, what I would put him at. Somewhere like yeah. 16 homers, 12 steals is like a good scenario where I would be drafting him to produce. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see how Benintendi does um, in this offense. Obviously, he's going to be a, a, a featured part of, of that team. Um, probably batting second, I think, is what most people are saying. So right. um, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he does uh, behind Tim Anderson. And obviously, you've got Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez right behind him. So he's got yep. some protection there. Uh, moving on to the AL Central champions, the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, quiet offseason for them. Their big signing was Josh Bell at first base, um, and they also picked up Mike Zunino for some catcher depth. Um, honestly, not a lot of stuff going on with Cleveland, but at the same time, they did have one of the youngest teams in the majors last year, and they managed to win the AL Central. Yep. So I think if you just expect all those guys to just grow up and get a little bit better this season, it kind of makes sense that they didn't do a ton uh, to their roster. They still have outstanding pitching. Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, obviously just breakout season last year for him. Um, and then just some solid guys behind that. Cal Quantrill, Aaron Savali with Zach Plesic. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a team that, like, didn't need to make a ton of changes. Um, and so that, that's what they did. They All they did was just sign Josh Bell. Yeah, I actually really like the Guardians team and how they're constructed. Like, even after they lost Lindor and they got Jimenez and Rosario, they took those mm-hmm. projects were kind which were kind of like work in progress kind of things. And mm-hmm. they really have shined. I mean, Jimenez had a fantastic season last year. Ahmed Rosario really came into his own, especially for fantasy. Yeah. Both of them were great. I mean, if you picked up Andres Jimenez, he was a league winner if you got him at second base. If you didn't draft yeah. Jose Altuve or someone like that, he was literally a league winner. He was fantastic. So mm-hmm. I really like what the Guardians have built there. Adding Josh Bell to the mix is fantastic. I think that's a great addition because he's just a good power guy that can give some protection to Jose Ramirez because mm-hmm. he really doesn't have anybody after that. Like Josh Naylor was the only guy behind him. So mm-hmm. yep. maybe it's a little bit more questioning of if you should pitch to Jose Ramirez or if you should pitch to Josh Bell. And either way, I mm-hmm. like that. So very yeah. quiet moves. I mean, this central moves is so much different than the West. The West had so many moves, and the central yeah. seems like so dead compared to that. But it yeah. is it is nice that the Guardians did at least something, but very quiet offseason for them. Yeah. I am personally excited for Oscar Gonzalez just because he had a really fun yes. like, end of the season last year. And seeing him in a full season, I think will be just really fun to watch. You know what he reminds me of? Randy Arozarena. 
Oh, interesting. Because he popped off in the playoffs the one year, and then the next year his fantasy stock went up. I don't think Oscar Gonzalez is going to go that high up, but I think he's Mm going to be that same kind of guy where he's on everyone's mind, the impression he left, all the walk-offs, and the potential he has. I Mm -hmm. think he's a guy that's going to have a lot of eyes on him this year, and I think he could break out even more. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be likely an everyday player on this team. So He should be. um, Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to see. Uh, then we go to the Detroit Tigers, who obviously they made their splash last year with uh, Javi Baez. This year, a little bit more quiet. Um, they signed Michael Lorenzen. Um, they re-signed, I guess, Matthew Boyd. Technically, he left the team, and then uh, now he's back. Um, and then they also made a trade, uh, sending away their closer, Gregory Soto, and then getting back uh, Matt Veerling from the Phillies, along with a couple other guys. Uh, but Veerling was kind of the the main centerpiece of that trade. Yeah, really nothing of note here. I mean, Matt Veerling for Soto. I mean, I can't believe they gave up Soto for that little, really, because I thought they could get way more for him, especially the left-handed reliever market being so dry. I thought they could get a King's Ransom for him, at least. But, I mean, nothing of note here. The Tigers really aren't moving any pens here. Michael Lorenzen had a good stretch last year, but he's kind of just a Toby in the long run. I mean, he had a Mm -hmm. pretty good start of his career as a starter. But besides that, I mean... Nothing much to talk about in the Tigers. Yeah. What really the main thing to talk about for the Tigers is is Riley Green gonna yes. be good and is Spencer Torkelson gonna bounce back from yep. basically a horrendous year rookie year last year. One hundred percent. Um yeah, for a guy who, you know, went one oh one, everyone was expecting big things from him. Um yeah, he just kinda of fell flat. So yep. is what it is. Uh, moving on to the Royals, who basically did nothing this season, but we can talk <laughs> about what they did. Uh, picked up Yarn Rarbro from the Tampa Bay Rays, and then Jordan Lyles from the Orioles. Not really a lot of moves for a team that basically is just waiting for their youth to develop. Um, obviously, they got Bobby Witt Jr., who's getting a lot of helium in drafts. We could probably talk about that at a different time, but I think it's insane that Me too. he's going in the first round. In some I agree of these mocks. 100% with you. Um, but, you know, they've got some fun guys. Vinny P, obviously, is, is looks looked real good last year. I think he's going to be a pretty solid first baseman this year. MJ Melendez showed up um, as, you know, a solid bat. Um, you know, we'll see if Salvi is back and, and healthy. Uh, we'll see if Mondesi is back and healthy. Yeah. I feel like we see that every single year. Yep. Um, but yeah, they basically have a lot of young guys who could contribute in meaningful ways, and that's kind of what they're banking on. Yeah, once again, nothing of note here, but I will say Ryan Yarbrough, I do like him as a pitcher, and if he has a full-time gig in Kansas City, he might be sneaky good, for, especially for deeper leagues. But mm-hmm. if the Rays got rid of him, I, I'm not too confident anymore. But I do like Ryan Yarbrough. I think that he can do something in Kansas City that's viable for fantasy. And Lyles kind of contributed last year too, but nothing of note here. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see because, like, he was basically used as an opener. Right. In Tampa Bay. And so I can't imagine the Royals signing him to be an opener because they don't really have any other pitchers. So, right. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. They, you know, they signed him to be a starter. And so we'll see what he does with that volume um, if if he's actually able to contribute with that. But, yep. like, yeah, like you said, it's going to be kind of a deep league pickup. Yeah. Uh, well, then moving on to my team, the Minnesota Twins. Obviously, they had one of the more interesting off seasons of the year. Uh, starting off with obviously with a headliner of Carlos Correa coming back to the team after he opted out from his 
three-year, hundred-ish million-dollar contract, coming back for basically double that: six years, two hundred million, and a couple vesting options. Um, could talk about that in a little bit. But they also signed Joey Gallo, which is I think is an interesting pickup. Um, Kyle Farmer they got as infield insurance, and then Christian Vasquez uh, signed as their starting catcher, um, who had was traded from Boston to Houston and won a World Series with them. So. Um, some interesting pick, some pickups, I think, for the Twins here. So I'll just briefly mention Carlos Correa, and then I'll let you talk about your team and say any <laughs> yeah. fantasy relevance for any of these guys. But Carlos Correa had one of the craziest off-seasons oh, of all goodness. time. He was yeah. briefly a giant, then he yep. was briefly a Met, and yep. now he is back to the Twins. Nothing yep. makes sense. I don't understand how <laughs> this happened. I can't wait to see the Twitter tribute videos for like Carlos Correa's time as a giant and Met. Oh, just totally. Going to yeah. be hilarious just to be like a compilation of like pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless. Photoshops of yeah, jerseys. Yeah, Photoshops like of jerseys on him. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I really wanted Carlos Correa as a Met. When we got him, he was a luxury for us if we oh, were totally. to get him yeah mm-hmm. he wasn't a necessity it would have been amazing to have Correa at third base too which for fantasy yeah. just for fantasy purposes oh, is yes, huge because wonderful. third base is garbage so yeah. adding Correa as a third baseman would have been great obviously it's still possible but he's going to play shortstop in Minnesota I was going to say because mm-hmm. Royce Lewis if he's back yep. maybe he plays short Correa goes to third but I just don't mm-hmm. see that happening I just think Carlos Correa is the shortstop yeah. there but yeah, besides Correa, I mean, great pickup for the Twins because Correa did pretty well, but his counting stats were kind of bad, and if he was a Met, that would have went up. If he was a Giant, probably would have stayed the same, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just crazy offseason for Correa. Now, you could talk about your team. Take take the reins. Yeah, I, I am very curious on how Correa's going to do because, yeah, I mean, he was a solid bat in the lineup. Wasn't like his best year or anything, but he still managed, you know, 22 homers. Uh, was batting, you know, 291, which I th- which is basically his second best average of his career. Yep. Um, so it wasn't like he was, you know, any any worse in Minnesota, so to speak. Um, just probably wasn't powering the ball as as he used to be. But I think now that he's got a little bit more security here, you know, he he knows he's going to be here for the, at least the next six years. Um, maybe that allows, allows him to be a bit more comfortable and, and back to the player that, um, you know, we're kind of expecting him to be. The the main thing here is always just going to be the injury risk. Um, obviously, that was the big story this year about, you know, the, the plate in his leg, um, if it was going to hold up. But, I, you know, if he can get you 130, 140 games, I think he's still, uh, you know, not a top five shortstop, but he's at least a top 10 guy that you should be considering in your drafts and, and can be kind of a nice pickup, you know, in, in later in the draft uh, if you didn't manage to get one of the studs early on. Yeah, and he was mostly healthy last season, too. So it just mm-hmm, speaks a little too. bit of volumes on that as well. Right, exactly. As for everyone else, I mean, Christian Vasquez is going to get a lot of playing time, um, but, you know, he's a catcher, and he wasn't, like, a, a catcher that was just, you know, raking. He's going to be probably batting uh, bottom of the order. Um, you know, it, He's not going to be, like, an offensive stalwart, so I don't really know if there's really anything there. The biggest hit, obviously, is Ryan Jeffers gets less playing time, um, so we'll see how that all works out uh, for... You know, the catcher position here if you're in two catcher leagues i probably you know maybe you get vasquez because he's you know he's his bat's going to be in the lineup for at least 60 to 70 percent of of games and but if you're in a one catcher league i don't really see a reason to pick up either of the twins catchers um and then joey gallo we'll, we'll see what happens uh i mean he could get a renaissance to, the, you know, refine his game in Minnesota. I, I don't know if it is going to happen, but the Twins are going to play him. Like, he is going to either DH or be in the outfield for most of the season, barring injury, of course. 
um, and we'll see how that goes. He also was one of the main people that were affected by the shift. And now that the shift is going mm-hmm. to be regulated, we could see yeah. a little bit of an average bounce back for Joey Gallo. It's not like he was ripping singles and doubles everywhere. He's mainly home runner no. bust. But, yep. hey, it might help. It might squeeze out some additional hits. Maybe give him some more doubles, singles, get the average up a little bit. Maybe he contributes more in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I- I'm interested to see how that story all plays out because if he's good, then, you know, it's a steal of a contract. Um, but if he isn't good, uh, well, you know, it's only a one-year contract. So there's that. Right. Yep. Uh, moving on to the AL East, new division. Uh, we're going to start off with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, kind of a quiet uh, thing, for quiet, quiet offseason for them. Uh, James McCann, they got in a trade for the Mets. Um, Adam Frazier signed. Kyle Gibson is their like new opening day starter. <laughs> 35-year-old Kyle Gibson. It's tough to get excited about that. Um, and then, of course, kind of the big injury news. John Means, obviously, he had Tommy John last year. Um, but he's going to be continuing to be out to the All-Star break. And there might be a chance that the Orioles just don't bring him back because they don't want to rush him. Uh, maybe he doesn't pitch until August or September. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But, you know, the Orioles, they were kind of a fun story last year. You know, you know, the kind of were they going to make the playoffs or not? It ended up not making the playoffs, um, but not really a lot that they did here. Unfortunately, I, I kind of wish that they made a bigger splash. Me too. I really thought the Orioles were going to get Carlos Correa, to be honest. I thought like they were <laughs> going to find their franchise shortstop and yeah. that would be the guy, either him or Bogarts. I really thought they were going to get one of them to like base around because with Adley and Grayson Rodriguez going to be coming up and mm-hmm. all these things going together, I just think the Orioles have a lot of momentum and I wish they did something big here, but who knows? They might do something big in the future, but nothing really of note for fantasy. Kyle Gibson's very mid Adam Frazier is very mid as well. And James (laughs) McCann is probably the worst catching option you can have in fantasy. So yeah, not much. It's a good thing that they have Adley Rushman behind the plate. Yeah. James (laughs) McCann's only there for like moral support. That's it. Right. Exactly. He's there to kind of just uh, sit. He's like he's like a backup goalie in hockey, right? right he's in full right. pads and everything. Yeah. He might even uh, be the bullpen catcher. I don't even know what McCann's <laughs> role is, so we'll see. Right. It's like, why would you take Adley out, right? So, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Xander Bogarts, uh, we're going to his old team, the Boston Red Sox, who kind of had like a really mixed offseason. Um, they signed Kenley Jansen, which I thought was not a head-scratching move, but it was one of those like, oh, that's interesting sort of sort of moves. Um, you know, their big, big off-season signing was Masataka Yoshida um, coming over from Japan, uh, you know, kind of a good OBP guy. I think he led the NBP, NPB in um, in OBP for like the last two years or something like that. Um, so he's got probably a solid bat. Obviously, the biggest news, which wasn't an off-season signing, but actually an extension, was Rafael Devers getting the bag there good for him and honestly good for the red sox because oh my goodness they had let devers walk <laughs> oh um, yeah i don't know if there would be any red sox fans left no um, zero <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um and then you know some other moves that they made justin turner uh sign it's kind of interesting it's gonna be weird not seeing him in a dodgers uniform to be honest um cory kluber is making the rounds around the al east joining his third al east team Crazy. so good for him Adam Duvall literally signed this morning. So, uh, you know, some outfield depth for them. I, I really do like that move. And then the really the other big story is that Trevor Trevor Story got modified Tommy John, which means that he is going to be out for four to six months. Um, and he might actually be out of the season. The Red Sox weren't very forthcoming with what they thought his outlook was going to be. Yeah, this is actually a crazy offseason for the Red Sox because I didn't think they did too much. And then as we were doing prep for the show, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, they actually 
made a lot of moves, which are kind of yeah. all random and make no sense. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kenley Jansen kind of makes sense. They needed a closure. They had Matt Barnes for a while. They were kind of up in the air. Garrett Whitlock, mm-hmm. and they had a bunch of different options. But now they have a set closer, which they kind of needed for formality reasons because yeah, they just kind true. of struggled under not having a set closer. Yep. Masataka Yoshida is a great signing. The price was a little high, I thought. I mean, yeah, they signed him for a lot, but Yoshida could be very good. We don't know what he could bring in the MLB yet. It's obviously right. going to be his debut, but he was very good when he was playing in Japan. So maybe he's a steal. We don't know yet. We have to obviously have to see more from him. Devers mm-hmm. extension, like you said, if they didn't sign him, it was game over for the Red Sox. I would be so mad for Red Sox fans because I love Devers mm-hmm. and I'm not even a Red Sox fan. So yeah. to see him go would have been a disaster on top of Bogarts. And then Justin Turner, like for fantasy purposes, he might not play any third base. He might just lose third base eligibility, might just be DH, which <laughs> takes yeah. away from that pool because he, Devers is going to be playing third. What's Justin Turner going to play? Right, exactly. He's so, definitely, I mean, maybe first? Maybe? I, no, but then you have Tristan Casas have, there. Right. So. You're blocking your main prospect. So I don't, yeah. I don't really know what Justin Turner's role is going to be. If it's going to be a DH, then and he loses third base eligibility, which makes that position even worse. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense, though, because he's got red hair, red socks. It all ties together. <laughs> Corey Kluber, like you said, making his rounds. But he can also be sneaky good for fantasy. He had a great mm-hmm. month stretch last season. Yeah. And other than that, he was kind of bad. And then mm-hmm. Adam Duvall, really, really solid. Uh, Mets were interested in him, and the Red Sox got him. And I think Duvall could have a pretty good season on the Red Sox. I mean, Renfro had a really good season on the Red Sox when he was there. And mm-hmm. Duvall's kind of a similar profile, so maybe he can do some magic there. And then, obviously, the biggest fantasy implications is Trevor Story being out for a while, which really shakes up the second base and shortstop tier, depending on what eligibilities he has. But, man, yeah, yeah Trevor Story being out is definitely brutal. I mean... The Red Sox basically went from two de- good, good shortstops to no shortstops right. in the matter yep. of months. So, yeah, right now, um, Roster Resource has Enrique Hernandez playing short and Christian Arroyo playing second, which are um, not great. <laughs> so Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I am going to be curious to see how uh, Masataka Yoshida does, though, because the projections right now are insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have him going for, you know, Steamer has him at 140 WRC plus. The bat, ATCRL having him in like the 127, 129 range. OBP of 360 ish, 380, 390 if you're on Steamer. Wow. Yeah. Um, just you know, 15 homers. Just a this guy. Look, I mean, the projections probably don't know what to do with him because obviously the data that they're using is from Japan. Right. Um, but he profiles as a really solid hitter who has a little bit of pop in the bat. So. Yep. We'll yep, see. definitely. Yeah, well, and then moving on to the Evil Empire, the New York Yankees. Obviously, they actually had a very typical Yankees offseason. I think yeah. if you think about Yankees offseason, you're like, oh, yeah, this is what they did. Uh, the big story, obviously, was re-signing Aaron Judge for basically the biggest contract in MLB history, nine years, $360 million. Uh, Good for Judge. Uh, you know, Obviously, I don't think he's going to be getting to 62 homers this season, but um, they if he's healthy, he's still going to be really, really good. Um, there's no reason to not believe that he's going to have lost a step with the signing with with signing a new contract. Um, and then they got you know another stud for their their rotation, which their rotation is actually kind of insane now. Yeah, uh, it is. they signed Carlos Rodon uh, for a big contract, which means that their rotation is Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez, and then the number five is right now Domingo Herman because. 
Frankie Montas was announced to have shoulder inflammation in January, and they already yep. know he's going to be out for at least the first month of the season, which really sucks. Um, and then they re-signed Rizzo, which I thought was a good move. Rizzo was great in New York last year. And then they signed uh, Tommy Conley as uh, kind of reliever depth. So, um, honestly, like a really good offseason from the Yankees. I don't think they needed to do anything more. It would have been nice if they maybe got some outfield help, but I think they believe that Harrison Bader is at least, you know, the, their guy for now and you know you kind of respect that but um they could have maybe used a little bit more outfield help i think yeah bader was like their babe ruth in the playoffs so i think they're gonna give True. him a legitimate <laughs> chance they're gonna give him a legitimate yeah. chance out there so We'll see if he shines, because he could be good. He was having a sneaky good fantasy season, too, on the Cardinals yeah, and whatnot. So true. He could mm-hmm. be a, a nice piece on the Yankees, but we'll see where he bats and how he does. But Aaron Judge was a necessity. They had to sign him. If they yep. didn't sign Aaron Judge, it would have been a mega disaster for Yankee fans, mm-hmm. the Yankee team. Like yep. If you take Aaron Judge out of that lineup, and then you look at it, and you replace him with any <laughs> other right fielder, it is dreadful. I mean, oh, as man, you said, when they, signed Rod- when, when they signed Rodon, their pitching yeah. rotation actually became like, Elite, 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 yes. elite. Like they have a great mm-hmm. rotation. It might be the best in New York. You, you can kind of chop uh, it however tough. you want. It's tough, yeah. But if they didn't sign Judge, the whole season wouldn't. The, this, the rotation wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter because that oh, lineup completely. is yeah. really bad without him. So yeah. now that they re-signed Rizzo, they got Judge back. I really like the moves the Yankees made for fantasy. Aaron Judge is a top three player in drafts easily. Rodon's mm-hmm. a top ten starting pitcher in drafts easily. Anthony yep. Rizzo is probably just a middling first baseman, depending. He had a pretty good season, but he yeah. had, like, one big hot streak and then cooled off. He's honestly a really good, like, corner infield guy. You know? Yes, if you can that's, play that's him that's in the corner infield, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, well, moving on to the Tampa Bay Rays, they did one thing, and that was sign Zach Eflin, which is kind of like, all right, they gave him a lot of money, and I don't really think he's worth it. But, um, yeah, Eflin's now in the Rays. The Rays are a smart organization, so if they pick up Eflin and they gave him a lot of money, I think he's going to be good. Okay, that's just my inclination (laughs) is that he's got to be good because the Rays got him. They got rid of Ryan Yarborough. Zach Eflin's going to have a rotation spot. Mm -hmm. If he stays healthy and the Rays picked him up, I think that means good things for Eflin. Now, he's been kind of good potential, and he's all over the place in fantasy, but if it all clicks, he can be very good. So just keep an eye on Zach Eflin. That's all I can say. Right. The real big addition, actually, is just that Tyler Glasnow is going to be healthy. Yes, that's so I huge. think that's huge. Yep. Agreed. Um, yeah. Well, and then moving up to our friends from the north, the Toronto Blue Jays, they had a really busy offseason. Uh, Chris Bassett, they signed him from the Mets. Uh, I thought that was a pretty solid move for them. Agreed. They traded for Dalton Varsha, which I love. Um, they sent over Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in the trade to Arizona. Uh, like we mentioned, they traded Teoscar Hernandez for Eric Swanson, kind of just some relief help, which is all right. They signed Kevin Kiermeyer. Zach Thompson was kind of a you know kind of a depth uh, starter piece for them, and then they also signed Brandon Bell, which I thought was kind of a, a, an interesting move for them. Um, and then kind of the news, Hugh uh, Rio obviously he had Tommy John this past season, but the news right now is that he's probably going to be returning in July. So I think Bassett is a great signing for Toronto. Yeah. I loved Chris Bassett as a Mets fan during the whole regular season. He dominated like he normally does. In the postseason, mm-hmm. he absolutely drove me nuts. The one game he pitched <laughs> where he couldn't hear anybody, he wanted, he wanted everyone to be like silent in the crowd, and he's not yeah. made for that atmosphere. So I know Toronto gets very loud in the postseason, as you mm-hmm. saw with the whole Jose Bautista and Edward oh, yeah. on that. I mean, that's one of the best clips ever, by the way. But mm-hmm. that atmosphere, I mean – 
I'm worried about him for postseason things, but for the regular season and for fantasy, Chris Bassett is a fantastic pitcher, definitely yep. worth drafting, and I think the Blue Jays got a great pickup in him. Dalton Varsho, I absolutely love. I love this trade for both teams, to be honest, because that means yep. Corbin Carroll and Jake McCarthy are all mm-hmm. going to have jobs in Arizona. Yep. And Dalton Varsho is going to be sick in Toronto. Unfortunately, he's probably going to lose catcher eligibility for fantasy purposes. He's only yep. going to be outfield, most likely, but... I love that move. And then Brandon Belt, sneaky, good pickup, but you have Vlad Jr., so maybe it's just like a DH backup sort of plan. But we always asked, hey, what's going to happen to Brandon Belt when he leaves the Giants? Because that park mm. always hindered him. But it turns out, like, San Francisco's gotten better park-wise, and Toronto's mm. kind of gotten worse. So it might not be as big of a change as we thought or hoped for for Brandon Belt, but we have to see because we don't know. Yeah, I, I'm very curious you know, because the whole reason why they traded Moreno was because it's like, oh, we have too many catchers and we can't feed them all. And then obviously they signed Dalton Varsho, who, you know, is Could a catcher, be a catcher. But, he's, <laughs> but he's not going to catch. I mean, he might might catch like five games if, you know, for example, if uh, Kirk or Jansen, like somehow both get hurt at the same time. Right. Um, and then, yeah, Brandon Belt's an interesting place there because, yeah, it's like first base is already taken up. He's going to DH and it's like, well, that, that's an interesting interesting pickup for a guy who's going to be like if he's batting he's going to be batting as a dh for like you know 86 70 to 80 percent of his at bats so right um i i'm very interested on why they made that move but you know the projections have him for 15 to 19 homers uh you know low mid low 200s average um but he did just hit 29 homers last season yep so the power could be unleashed Completely agree. Completely agree. But now we'll take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll start with the National League, starting with the West right after this. All right. Now for the moves from the NL West, we start with the Arizona Diamondbacks. As we mentioned, they made a trade with the Blue Jays. They got Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Pretty good trade. I like those pieces back. They got Kyle Lewis, Diego Castillo, Evan Longoria, and Zach Davies. Now, Kyle Lewis... AL Rookie of the Year when he was Yeah, in AL Rookie of the Year in Seattle. And now it's almost like he's unwanted. I mean, the Diamondbacks got him for pretty much nothing. So, hey, mm-hmm. good luck in Arizona. I mean, he could be pretty good. We already showed that he could be good in the majors, but he had some injury problems. And hopefully he could come back full strength. And Evan Longoria, a great one-year signing for the Diamondbacks as well, just for some veteran presence. Yeah, I, it was one of those picks where, pickups where you're like, all right, I can see why you would do that. Like, you know, clubhouse sort of presence and... Um, it, he wasn't like terrible in San Francisco. Um, so not, not a bad pickup for, for them. Um, but I, yeah, I do love that trade that they made. I think it was a win-win. Lourdes Gurriel is a, you know, a solid outfielder. Um, he's not flashy in any sort of way, but he gets the job done. Um, and then Moreno, obviously just an up and coming catcher, um, you know, was one of the best prospects in the Blue Jays organization. Um, and you know, Arizona's got Carson Kelly lined up as their starting catcher, but I think Moreno could easily overtake him, um, if he plays at his full potential. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I like Lourdes Gurriel for fantasy purposes and Kyle Lewis could be relevant, but other than that, really not too much going on. Hey, Gabriel Moreno hits his peak, then maybe he's good for two catcher leagues. Well, we might talk about this later. Obviously we've, we've hinted at it already with the rule changes, but Corbin Carroll, I am very interested what those steel numbers are going to be this season. Me too. Me too. I love Corbin <laughs> Carroll this year. Oh, I can't wait. I yeah. can't wait. 
But moving on to the next team, which is the Colorado Rockies. Not much to talk about here, especially for fantasy purposes. They got Pierce Johnson and Brent Suter. So, I mean, really nothing to talk about. Yeah, they signed two relievers. Yep. <laughs> so, um, you can you can listen to in the pen to get some information on on relievers this year. But um, we're just kind of gonna go past that. Yeah, big moves in Colorado. Moving yeah, on huge to, moves. <laughs> moving on to the Los Angeles Dodgers, they made not as many moves as you would think they would have yeah. made. They got Clayton Kershaw back, so that's always good. Clayton Kershaw is back with the Dodgers. They signed Noah Syndergaard, my boy. J.D. Martinez, Jason Hayward, J.P. Fireisen, and Miguel Rojas. Now, J.D. Martinez is a really interesting one because he's obviously going to just DH there, and they let Justin Turner walk, so that pretty much means J.D. Martinez is going to be the full-time DH, and Miguel Vargas is probably going to be the full-time third baseman. So, Mm -hmm. that's pretty interesting for fantasy purposes to keep an eye on both of those names. And then Noah Syndergaard, the fact that the Dodgers got him, I kind of like that a lot. I like that mm-hmm. he went from a lot of good teams, to be honest. He was on the Mets, then he went to the Angels, then he went to the Phillies, and then he went to the Dodgers. So he's been a part of some really good organizations, and his potential mm-hmm. is still there. He became yep. more of a pitcher than just a thrower in the past few seasons. So hopefully mm-hmm. he can expand even better in Los Angeles and become the pitcher that he's supposed to be. And then Jason Hayward, I have bad blood just because of fantasy purposes, but he's more <laughs> of a, I guess, clubhouse speech kind of guy for the team. Yeah. I mean, he's a non-roster invite yeah. to camp. Like, it's just a fun story. Like, oh, you know, could could the Dodgers fix Jason Hayward? The, likely no, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's a fun thing to think about. Um, and yeah, I am very interested to see how JD does in, in LA uh, just because... He, I mean, he is older, um, and they're likely not going to play him in the field unless they, they absolutely have to. Right. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think J.P. Fireisen is going to be a good option for holds in holds league, so keep an eye on mm-hmm. that, especially on the Dodgers. I like that a lot. And then also, it was interesting, they traded for Miguel Rojas from the Marlins, which leaves yep. the Marlins with no shortstop. They do not have a shortstop at all, like in any capacity <laughs> at all. It's funny, they asked Kim Ang in an interview, who is going to be the shortstop for the Marlins? And she said, we're not ready to appoint someone to that position yet. So <laughs> they don't have a shortstop. <laughs> yeah, they're they're going to go with, they, they, they looked at the shift rules and they decided instead of playing four infielders, they're just going to go with three and have four outfielders. So. Yeah, we'll just put a bucket of bazooka where the shortstop should be and maybe we'll get like a ricochet off of it and can make some well, plays. The real thing is that their pitchers are so good, they're just not going to give up uh, a grounder into the hole, right? Right, that's true. Yeah, you're right. When you put it that way, it's a smart move to get rid of your only shortstop. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think some interesting names, though, for, for the Dodgers, just to kind of think about, is is Max Muncy healthy? I think that's just going to be a, yes. a big question this coming, this coming year. And then how good is Dustin May going to be? Right. Uh, because right now he's slotted as the number five uh, pitcher on this team. But he could easily be the number three by middle of the season in terms of talent. Um, and I think he'd be a, a fun pickup. Obviously, he's probably going to be drafted relatively early, I think, because a lot of people are probably thinking the same thing. Right. Young guy with a lot of potential. Um, but I am looking forward to see how he does this season. Definitely. Definitely. Now, moving on to the San Diego Padres, who have made some pretty big moves. They got Xander Bogarts from the Red Sox, signed him to a pretty big deal. And. Hey, Xander's got a new home. They got Robert Suarez, Nick Martinez, Matt Carpenter on a short deal, Seth Lugo from the Mets, Nelson Cruz on a one-year deal, which is very, 
very crazy on that contract right there. And then just of note, Fernando Tatis Jr. is still suspended, but he returns on April 20th, 2023. So he's going to be an interesting one in drafts on where do you take him? Is he going to be good? He was on steroids. Mm -hmm. So was that the reason why his power output was crazy? There's a lot of question marks around Tatis, but it's big that he comes back soon. Yeah, I I know we're not talking about drafts, but where would you take Fernando right now in a 12-teamer? Oh, this is so tough. Now, it all is based on context, everybody. So remember that. Like in a keeper league, you might want to take him in the third because you can keep him forever. You know, who, know, who knows? Every league is different. But if you're talking about a redraft, 12-team league, standard, head-to-head, or roto, mm-hmm. I'd probably take Tatis Jr. in the third. Really? The third? Okay. Yeah, I think the potential... I mean, he was a guy who was going one overall in drafts. One yeah. overall. So... I don't blame anybody if they reach and take him in the second round, in the third round. If he falls into the third, fourth, fifth round, I'll take him. No problem. No questions asked. Easy. Third round to me is like the highest I would go. And that's if my first two picks are set in stone, surefire things. You know what I mean? Like if I get Aaron Judge or Trey Turner and follow that up with either, uh, which I'm probably not going ace early. But if I go like, let's say Aaron Judge first and then I get Freddie Freeman second. I'll mm-hmm. probably go Tatis in the third if that's a possibility. You know what I mean? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I in, in our TGFBI mock, um, Tatis went on the turn in, in, in like the first, second round turn. So. Yeah, see, that's, that's too high because there's so many question marks. He's still an injury concern. He's not a good fielder in the outfield or short. So, like, I don't know. I, and his attitude, too. I don't know what's going to happen. He's a big <laughs> question mark. So, yeah, we'll um, see. If if he promises to remove all motorcycles from his garage, <laughs> oh, that drop and, sock is flying. And up. soccer balls. If he gets rid of yeah, soccer true, balls and, soccer and motorcycles. Balls. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. This just yeah, I it's just you know, it's just like a clumsy kid sometimes. Yeah, it's crazy. I, yeah. I, I also really do like the Robert Suarez pickup only because Josh Hader looked like a human being last year. Yeah. Um and Suarez could easily uh swoop in, get some saves. He'll definitely be the holds guy for uh, for the Padres, and they're you know they're going to be in a lot of hold situations. Obviously, um, you know Nick Mart had a decent season last year. Um, wasn't amazing down the stretch, but um, you know had some fun things. And I think another year in the majors with you know major league coaching. Um, obviously, he was in Japan for a couple of years, so it wasn't like he was you know stuck in you know double A hell or something like that. Right, right. But you know just just another year getting acclimated, to be pitching in the majors again. I think he's he you know he can definitely. Provide some solid streams, at least. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that entire thing goes. And then fun thing about Nelson Cruz is that he also only signed for $1 million. Yeah. So literally, like, he's just there uh, yep. to, to kind of participate and hang out in the clubhouse. But I don't really expect a ton from him. Me neither. But one year, $1 million to try to win a ring and contribute in any way possible. I like that deal a lot. Yeah. And obviously, we skipped over Xander Bogarts a lot. He always went very high in drafts, and I never understood why. I mean, obviously, now more than ever, yeah. because shortstop is so deep, but mm-hmm. Bogarts doesn't really give you the speed. His batting average, nope. very good. Counting stats, very good. Power potential, mm-hmm. pretty middle, like 25 to 30. But Xander Bogarts, for fantasy purposes, I think he's more in the middle of the pack more so than ever now, mm-hmm. because yep. there's just so many good, young shortstops that are very good. Yeah. Right, and his main—I mean, his main calling card, like you mentioned, is his average, right? Yeah. Like, yep. he's not the guy who gets you a ton of RBI. He's not a ton the guy who gets you a ton of homers. Um, obviously, he had the one breakout season, but that was during the rabbit ball year. So, yep. what can you really take from that? Um, but he does have a really, really good team around him. Yep. 
um, this season. So we'll we'll see if that helps at all. I mean, right now, roster resource has him batting fourth behind Manny Machado. Right. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see how that all shapes up. If if that's going to be actually the 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 batting order starting in the season, um, and then obviously when when um, um, Tatis comes back, you know, does he get moved back to fifth or? Does he stay in that spot, right. and do they move someone else around? So I it'll, it'll see, be interesting to see. I could see him having a very similar year numbers-wise to Carlos Correa, to be totally honest. Mm, yeah. I could yeah. see them being pretty neck-and-neck. Neck. And I guarantee you Bogarts goes way higher in drafts than Correa does. But, oh, yeah. I, I think so, too. But moving on to the next team and the last team in the NL West, we have the San Francisco Giants. Try to go a little quicker through these. We got Mitch Hanniger, Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, Taylor Rogers, and Michael Conforto. I love Mitch Hanniger as a player, and I really mm-hmm. hope he does well in San Francisco and stays healthy because he's a great player with a lot of potential, and he just seems like a good dude. So I hope that he succeeds in San Francisco. And then for me, last note, Sean Manaya. I was huge on him last year, and he let me down in the worst way. But San yeah. Francisco is the king at pitching reclamation projects. I mean, look at Alex Cobb, Alex Wood, all these guys that they've taken in and have done better. And I think mm-hmm. Sean Manaya can really turn a corner with the Giants. Yeah, the fun thing is actually they gave Sean Manaya and Ross Stripling the same exact contract. Yep, exactly uh, the same. So, yeah, the, I mean, the San Francisco Giants, like their offseason this season will be defined by who they didn't get rather than who they did. Um, obviously, linked to Judge and uh, Correa, and they didn't get either of them. So. Right. Um, we'll just see how how this season goes for them. Uh, it you know it's far removed from two seasons ago when they were competing with the Dodgers for the best record yep. in in the league. Um, I if they finish third in the division, I think that's kind of where I'd have them right now. Yeah, same. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But you know, nice solid pickups. Yeah, Nothing Michael amazing. Conforto, if he comes back strong, that could be a sneaky good pickup too. But If he's healthy, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. We'll see, we'll see. Moving on now to the NL Central, we start with the Chicago Cubs, who made a lot of moves. They got Dansby yeah. Swanson from the Braves on a big contract, Cody Bellinger, which they took a gamble on from the Dodgers, Jamison Tyon from the Yankees, Drew Smiley, Tucker Barnhart, Eric Hosmer, Trey Mancini, and Julian Merriweather. A lot of good pieces. I really like Dansby on the Cubs. I think that's a great pickup. I love mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger, and I think that... He is going to be great on the Cubs as well, just getting everyday playing time and can really find himself there. I want him to mm-hmm. be a Met, but he's a Cub, different blue. And then they short up the rotation with Jamison Tyon, Drew Smiley. They got Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini as some first base outfield pieces. I think Trey Mancini is a sneaky good pickup. And then some bullpen mm-hmm. help with Julian Merriweather. Great offseason for the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, I'm very interested in the fact that Nico Horner is now moving to second. Yeah. Yep. Um, he was a gold glover at, at short. Um, and so we'll see how he does at second. Obviously, he's they're going to be playing him a lot there. No reason for them to move him off that position. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, it was a really solid offseason from the Cubs um, trying to compete in the AL Central. I'm sorry, not the AL, the NL Central. Um, there's a lot of solid, solid teams right now in, in that division, and um, we'll see if, if these moves, you know, end up meaning anything. Yeah, I think for fantasy implications, I think Bellinger could be a sneaky good value. Tyon, mm-hmm. if he has a great year, you know, he could be a good like SP5. And Dansby Swanson, he had a great season, career year last year. So maybe he can follow that up, but I wouldn't expect more than what you got from him last year. I wouldn't draft him this season thinking that you're going to get the same numbers you got last season, especially because the lineup is taking a little bit of a hit from the Braves to the Cubs. Oh, totally. Yep. Moving on to the Cincinnati Reds, we've got Will Myers, Kurt Casale, and Luke Weaver. Now, I like Will Myers a lot in that ballpark, 
probably getting oh, everyday yes. playing time, and I like him a lot in deeper leagues. Honestly, he's probably like a top 15 first baseman in my rankings. I haven't done them yet, but I'm just going to assume that I'm going to have a lot of shares in Will Myers in deeper leagues like TGFBI and 15-teamers. I I really love Will Myers in this situation. Yep. Um, and I think he plays outfield as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Kirk Casale, Luke Weaver, whatever. I think Will Myers is actually going to be a legit pickup um, in fantasy leagues. So. Yep. I completely agree with that. Moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers. They had a few signings, nothing too crazy. Jesse Winker, William Contreras, Abraham Toro, Wade Miley, and Bryce Wilson. As we mentioned before, Jesse Winker was a deal in the trade with the Mariners. William Contreras was a part of that three-team deal with the Braves and the A's. So they made Mm -hmm. a few moves, and I don't really see the needle being moved at all for the Brewers. I think they needed to do something big, and instead they lost Colton Wong, and I think they made a lot of lateral moves. Yeah, I I don't know what to make of Winker. Um, he can't hit he, lefties. That's the problem. Yeah, it, it, he's in a really tough spot. Um, I like William I like they literally gave up nothing to get William Contreras. Yeah, they really like, did. They traded Estuary Ruiz, who was kind of on his way out anyway. So um, I thought that was a brilliant move for them. Contreras, obviously, you know, a really breakout candidate last year for catcher. Um there was at points of the season where he was the number one catcher in the league. Yep. Um, so I, I really like that pickup for them. Um, and Wade Miley is kind of one of those interesting, you know, streams. Uh, maybe a guy who ends up being, you know, at the back end of your fantasy rotation. Um, you don't start him every week, but you keep him on your roster because he's good enough to do that. Um, and, you know, maybe the Brewers do tinker with his, his stuff a little bit. So we'll see how that all goes. Yeah, they lost Omar Narvaez, got William Contreras. They lost... Colton Wong, they have Abraham Toro. Jesse mm-hmm. Winker fills a little bit of a hole in case maybe Yelich is injured or something. I mean, like I said, I, I don't think they made any big, big moves. And for fantasy purposes, William Contreras could be viable. Jesse Winker, I mean, hey, if it all connects, I like the ballpark more. He could be viable, yeah. but nothing too crazy for the Brewers. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Pirates, they re-signed Andrew McCutcheon, which I love to see. He's going to be loved there. He's going to have a great season. Not fantasy mm-hmm. number-wise, but he's just going to have a good season as a human being on a baseball team. So I I love that. They also made some sneaky good moves. G-Man Choi from the Rays, Miguel Andohar from the Yankees, Carlos Santana, which they signed to a pretty big deal for no reason, Vince Velasquez, (laughs) Connor Joe from the Rockies, Austin Hedges, and Rich Hill. So nothing that's like jumping out of the page that's like, wow, the Pirates are going to be good. But I really Mm -hmm. like the veteran presence and the upside picks they got here. Yeah. I mean, for a team that finished last in their division, like these are all moves that make them a little bit better. Yep. It doesn't make them, you know, competing for the number one spot in the division at all. But it's like, well, they can compete now a little bit. Yeah. Um, Carlos Santana, yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, he was raking in Seattle, and he was raking a little bit in in with the Royals as well. Um, but we'll see if that actually works out. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Solid pickups. I don't know if there's really anything fantasy relevant here, though. Yeah, not really. I would say maybe upside Miguel Andahar if he gets everyday playing time and is good. Connor Joe mm-hmm. had a stretch where he was viable in fantasy, so if he gets everyday playing time, he could be sneaky good, especially with stolen yeah. bases and the bags. And McCutcheon, who knows? He maybe has a little bit of a MVP throwback from rejoining the Pirates. Right. The real news here is if they're actually going to trade Brian Reynolds or not. Yes. Um, That's because what we're if all they do, for. yeah, it's going to be a big hit to their offense, obviously, if they get rid of him. Um, but, you know, they saw some fun names. O'Neill Cruz, Cabrera. Yeah, Hayes. 30-30 season for Cruz. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both. Uh, but 
Moving on to the last team in the NL Central, we've got the St. Louis Cardinals, who had the quietest of off-seasons, to be honest. All they got was Wilson Contreras, which that's a pretty big name. I don't want to undersell that. Pretty big name, great fantasy implications there as well for catchers. I like him as a top five catcher easily, especially with the Cardinals in that lineup. And he's taking over the reins from Yachty. And Adam Wainwright, alongside that note, he's in his 18th MLB season. This is going to be his final year with the team and final year in baseball in total. So he outlasted his battery mate Yachty by just one year, but 18 seasons with the Cardinals and just the Cardinals. Pretty impressive out of Wainwright. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun season for him. I mean, I don't really know if there's anything you can expect from Wainwright. Like, he's been a solid, um, I don't even know if he was like a solid quality starts guy, but he was just a guy who just gets you solid innings. Um, nothing flashy. He's not a big strikeout guy, right? But yep. he's effective. Uh, I do love Wilson Contreras in this lineup. I mean, he's protected basically by Goldie and Arenado, which is incredible. Yep. Um, we'll see if Tyler O'Neill has a bounce back season at all. He was kind of a disappointment last year. Um, Tommy Edmond as well, uh, you know, had some really good, really good moments and then just kind of flamed out real quickly. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how good this team is. Uh, obviously, Goldie and Arenado are one year older, but they clearly haven't lost a step. Yeah, so they're they're exciting to see. Their team is really good, and Tommy Edmond had a great year last season, similar to the year he had uh, previously, and hopefully he can expand on that. And he did fall off a little bit, but hopefully he can get that power back. And also, I think Lars Newbar, I think that he's yeah. going to be fantastic. He looks yoked out, too. There's pictures and stuff. He looks seriously ready. So I'm yeah. excited about Lars Newbar. I think he's going to have I, a big year. I think everyone who knows is like in a newt bar. Yes, you know, 100%. Like, he's like the he's like the sneaky sleeper who is like not sleep a sleeper at all. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. and he's just going to get overdrafted. Uh, I agree. But, I think he will get overdrafted. But the other thing too is that he actually might pay off. So yep, very it's, true. it's kind of a yeah, it's one of those interesting situations. It really depends where he bats too. If he's batting lead right. off for that team and he can oh, sit in that position. Away from Tommy Edmond, though. Yeah, but he could bat second. <laughs> Tommy Edmond could bat second. Yeah. I, if Newbar's in the one or two spot and not in the seven eight spot, oh, I think goodness. he could have an explosive numbers year. The helium yep. would be incredible. Oh yeah, if we start seeing spring training lineups with him batting first and second, it's crazy because he oh, was batting goodness. first and second in the regular season last season. So yeah, that's true. We'll see. So. We'll see. But moving on to the final division, the NL East. We start with the Atlanta Braves, who really had a shockingly quiet offseason. I thought they were going to do a lot more. They got Sean Murphy from the A's in that trade, and they obviously signed him to an extension. Very team-friendly contract as well, like they do with all their young studs. Tyler Matzek and Jordan Luplo. So, nothing really crazy for fantasy. I like Sean Murphy a lot as a catcher. I liked him last season, on, even when mm -hmm. he was on the A's. And I think yeah. he's going to be even better this season, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, the big news probably is with Swanson gone. Yes. That means Von Grissom is now your everyday shortstop. Yep, big. Um, and yeah, we'll see how that, that goes. Um, projections have him as like a 10-10 guy. Yep. Uh, 12 homers, 12 steals. And if you can get that from, I mean, I don't even know where you pick up Von Grissom. He's probably like your third shortstop. Uh, maybe a guy that you slot in at middle infield from time to time. Um but he is one of those like fun, fun, fun names. Like he could move up in the order very, very quickly if everyone else isn't, you know, everyone else isn't doing that hot. Um, so we'll yeah. see how that that plays out for Atlanta. Obviously, a lot of still a lot of fun names, right? Acuna, 
Michael Harris is second. Austin Riley's basically making himself like one of the top three third basemen in baseball right now. Yep. Matt Olson could have a back uh, a, a a great year again. And then, yeah, you have Sean Murphy on this offense, and he actually has something to play for now. Yeah, I mean, the Atlanta Braves are still an amazing team. I just thought they would do more in the offseason. I'm surprised. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. But they have a lot of young guys. It's kind of like – it's not like they're the Royals because obviously the Royals suck, but um, they had all this young talent, and it's like, well, we just want to see where it goes. Yeah, so, and they're getting like, Albies back. There's a lot of yep. things that are going well for the Braves in that regard. Yeah. So. Moving on to the Miami Marlins, who currently don't have a shortstop. Gene Segura they signed, and Johnny Cueto they signed. Not bad. I mean, honestly, I like those two players, and I think they'll yeah. contribute and be okay. But just, once again, it's the Miami Marlins. I really don't have to stress that too much. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay, so I'm on roster resource right now, right? Who do you think they have slotted in as the starting shortstop? Well, I would put Gene Segura there, but he's going to be their second baseman, I think. Or third well, base. Sorry, yeah, Jazz Chisholm's going to be second base, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shortstop, they probably have, you know what, I can't even think of a name. I'm not even going to lie to you, I can't even think of a name. <laughs> yeah, because the name there right now is Joey Wendell. Oh, God. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know You know what, that's actually better than I thought, though. I thought they were going to have like some double-A name like that I never heard of. Random scrub, yeah, yeah. it's a guy with like major league experience. Yeah, Joey Wendell's not too bad. I thought you were going to say something wild, but yeah, that's. No, that, I, forgot yeah. Jo- I forgot Joey Wendell was even on the team, to be honest. Oh, completely, yeah. I mean, this is basically a team that is going to suffer from the fact that they still don't have any offense. Yes. So it doesn't matter how good their stud pitching is. If they can't put runs on the board, it really It does not matter. matter, yeah. They still have Jorge yeah. Soler there, and they have Jazz Chisholm, but other than that, yeah. it is bleak in Miami. Yeah, I mean, I love Jazz. I personally, he he has a lot of healing in my head yep. on, on where I want to pick him up, um, but the reality is he's still very injury-prone. And then, obviously, last season, he was he basically didn't play for the second half of the year. Yep. So um, I really hope he's healthy and good to go and, and makes this team better because the Marlins could have some could have some fun fun games, I guess. Uh, but this this lineup is just so bad. Yeah, I mean, and I love Jazz Chisholm just as a person. I think he's really his style, the way he carries himself. Yeah. He's a really good mm-hmm. face of baseball kind of guy. So I hope he's yeah. healthy and has a great season. And who knows with the Marlins, they might be trading Pablo Lopez. So there might be uh, yeah. a different looking team around here coming soon. Yeah, there's some interesting news about that, especially with the, you know, Lopez for Arias sort of deals. Yep. I personally wouldn't do that because Lopez is just so injury prone. Yeah. Uh, but they're obviously not going to be trading Sandy, so you know. no, definitely not. A man, definitely. a man could dream. A man <laughs> could dream. <laughs> but moving on to my New York Mets, big off season for the Mets. Very happy about all the moves. We got Edwin Diaz to a five-year, $102 million deal. Biggest, richest reliever contract. Pretty insane, but he deserved it. The Trumpets are staying in Queens. We got Justin Verlander in lieu of losing Jacob deGrom. Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, David Robertson, Adam Adovino, Brandon Nimmo, and Omar Narvaez. Just a great offseason. I mean, the Mm -hmm. second we lost to Grom, the next day we had Verlander. And they had that in talks, which I'm very happy about because – Basically, they said, hey, Justin, you know, we really want to sign you, but it's all depending on what DeGrom is. We had threw out an offer. We're trying to get through that. Once he signs or makes his decision, then we will sign mm-hmm. you. And he agreed. He said he knew how important it was that DeGrom, you know, to the organization, what he yep. meant. 
and he allowed it. And then he signed with the Mets, as said, and I just really love the fact that Verlander's on the Mets. Just him and Scherzer are going to be duking it out. They're neck and neck on the strikeout leaderboards. They were mm-hmm. teammates in Detroit. They were returned, yep. and they're going to be very competitive with each other. It's going to be very interesting to watch. My favorite signing, well, besides Brandon Nimmo, I love Brandon Nimmo. He's just a great dude. Love the way uh-huh. he hustles. Love the way he plays the game, and he's awesome. Glad to have him back. Fantasy reasons, Brandon Nimmo's not the greatest of players, but, yeah. <laughs> but just as a baseball player and for the Mets, he's just so necessary, great. especially with his yep. on base. Mm-hmm. But Kodai Senga, I'm the most excited about by far mm-hmm. because Same. I saw him carve up the USA team while pitching for Japan in the 2017 World Baseball Classic. And ever since then, he's been on my radar. And the fact that the Mets mm-hmm. now have him, I'm very excited about him. I think he's going to be a stud, a solid SP3, possibly two, and you uh-huh. can get him pretty late. So. I'm a big fan of that. Just all around great moves. Diaz, one of the best closers in the game. Verlander, one of the best pitchers in the game. Sanga's got the biggest potential. And everyone else is great supporting cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, looking at this rotation, I'm kind of inclined to think that it's like maybe a little bit better than the Yankees one. But I think that's because Domingo Herman's the number five right there. Right. Whereas like, yeah, obviously they're top heavy with Garrett Cole, but then you've got two of, you know, the top 15 pitchers in the game and Verlander and Scherzer matching the Yankees with, obviously, Rodon and, and, and Cole. Senga, obviously, we don't know, but yep. he could be amazing. Yep. Um, and I think Carrasco and Quintana, like, yeah, they're old, but they're really solid dudes. Quintana last year was great. Um, I really liked what Quintana had yep. last year. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this, this all shapes up for them. Yeah, the best staff in New York is definitely up for debate. I mean, especially if the Mets trade away Carlos Carrasco, then maybe mm-hmm. the Yankees just have it in general. But... I really like the rotation and the options. I mean, even with Tyler McGill and David Peterson in the midst, you know, they can really have a great and deep starting rotation in the New York Mets organization. So very excited about that. I'm very happy being a Mets fan going forward. And for fantasy, like I said, it's all the usual names. It's not like anybody gets a boost of value. And Mm -hmm. I think everyone's really solid here and just great players all around. You also have a really good bullpen now. Yes, that was the big thing. You know, we got yeah. also an addition we didn't say. We got Brooks Raley as well mm, from yep. the Rays, which I really, really like that signing because that just gives us a great lefty that's not like Joely Rodriguez. So <laughs> yeah. very happy about the Mets offseason. And then, you know, you still have David Peterson and uh, Tyler McGill in the wings, and we saw what Tyler could do last year. Um, just a lot of, lot of good depth here. Uh, a lot of guys that, you know, our sneaky late round pickups, I think um, that could definitely contribute to your team. Definitely. Definitely. Now moving on to some rivals, the Philadelphia Phillies, Trey Turner, huge signing for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest signing. I was praying the Mets would get him and it <laughs> sucks that he ended up in the same division, but Trey Turner just so good. I mean, he was on the nationals and he wreaked havoc on us. Then he left, went to the Dodgers, wreaked havoc on us still. Cause he's in the NL. And then he comes back to the Phillies and just wreaks havoc on the Mets again. So yeah, I'm not looking forward to that as a Mets fan, but as a Phillies fan, you should be ecstatic because Trey Turner is incredible, probably the best shortstop in the league. And for fantasy, I still put Trey Turner in the top five. He is incredible. He is the model of consistency, really. When he's on the field, you know exactly what you're going to get. And it really doesn't change in Philly, especially because he's going to have Schwarber, who was the second highest home run total from last season, right behind Aaron Judge, which was like 20 Mm -hmm. off, which no one was like right behind him. But (laughs) it's crazy to think about that. Schwarber's there. Harper, obviously, the big news is that he's getting Tommy John surgery and he's out until the all-star break. So 
His name in drafts going to be interesting. So when he comes back, though, the reunion of Trey Turner, Bryce Harper from the Nationals days is oh, going yeah. to be really cool because that lineup's going to look scary. Yeah. They also yeah. got Taiwan Walker from the Mets, Craig Kimbrell, and Gregory Soto, like we mentioned, from the Tigers. Yeah. It's kind of funny on roster resource right now. You know how they list a projected bullpen and they have, you know, if they're if you're a closer or a setup man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right now the Phillies have four closers. <laughs> oh my god. What Sir Anthony Dominguez? Yeah. Jose Craig Alvarado. Kimbrough, Jose Craig Alvarado, Gregory Soto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's I mean, like, it's kind of the thing where it's like, well, if everyone can close, no one will close. So it'll be interesting to see how the saves kind of get even uh, distributed out in the Phillies organization. Um, obviously they're, they're pretty anal analytically minded, so they might just, you know, throw guys out there who are really, really good. Um, but then you also just have relievers who are just kind of like, oh, I can only close, right? Ken Kribble's like kind of one of those guys who like, yeah, he's not really a great, amazing pitcher nowadays, but you put him in the ninth in a safe situation and he's, he's going to be solid. So, uh, I'm very curious to see who ends up with the lion's share of saves in that bullpen. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing is Trey Turner. Um, being being there and really kicking maybe the greatest leadoff hitter of all time uh, out to the number two spot. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly boosts both their value very highly. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited about yeah. that. I like that a lot. Trey mm -hmm. Turner, so good, especially for fantasy. Taiwan Walker had a sneaky good year last year. It kind of fell off and he can also put up good numbers too. Soto and Kimbrough, mm -hmm. if any of them are the closer, they'll be good. And I think the Phillies is going to be a good target for holds. If you need holds, I think yeah. those four guys, like we mentioned, Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Craig Kimbrell, Gregory yep. Soto, all those guys, whoever's not the closer, is going to yeah. be a great source of holds. Really, really, if you're in a save holds league, pick any of those guys any, up. Yeah. You could yep. multiple of them because you know that you're going to get probably a save and a hold from you know one of them and yep. maybe both of them. So. I completely agree. I completely yep. agree. And last but not least, we saved the best for last. The Washington Nationals literally did not sign a single person that was interesting and worth noting on this podcast. Yeah, they signed Corey Dickerson, Heimer Candelario, Dom Smith, and Stone Garrett, yep. and Trevor Williams. Hey, I like Stone Garrett, and obviously Dom Smith was a Met, so I kind of like him too. But yeah, sure. If any of them like do anything, then cool. They'll be like super deep 15-20 team league kind of guys, but yeah. nothing great. It's so the weird thing about this team really is actually Joey Manessa's, um, because oh my goodness, the helium that this man has right now. Um, be, okay, not true helium, I, I would say it's the projections helium that Joey Manessa's is having. Uh, because right now, uh, Steamer hasn't projected at 27 homers. Oh, wow, the bat, the bat hasn't projected at 20 homers. Like, okay, like that's a little bit more reasonable, but the thing is, he hit 13 last year, right? Yeah, 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 in the majors, he did hit like another 20 in triple a so the power is there he's one of those interesting kind of like sneaky round 29 round 30 pickups yeah, where yeah, it's yeah, like the deep pickups yeah this guy can play corner infield he can play outfield if he if you can get a guy that you know optimistically gets you 20 homers from that spot yep not, not bad, not bad. Yeah, yeah not bad yeah. i agree well that actually wraps up all of the divisions and all of the moves that were made and all of the free agent signings. So hopefully that brought you up to speed. I will list quickly the available interesting free agents. Jurickson Profar, Michael Waka, Aroldis Chapman, who the Marlins are rumored to be trying to get, mm -hmm. Gary yep. Sanchez, Corey Knable, Elvis Andrus, Yuli Gurriel, Josh Harrison, Zach Granke, 
Jose Iglesias, David Peralta, and Tommy Pham, who is rumored to possibly go to the Mets, which would be cool. I like Tommy Pham. But mm-hmm. those are all the free agents that are left. There's not any huge names, but some really good pieces that any team could really benefit from adding to their roster. So those guys are still out there. We covered all of that stuff. I know we went on a little longer than we intended. I want to just bring up real quick before we end everything here is just there is going to be three big changes to the 2023 MLB season. It is going to be, which we might talk about this more in depth in a further podcast, but I just wanted to bring it up since we mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, is that one, there will be a pitch timer, which there's going to be a 30-second timer between batters. We can go mm-hmm. more in depth later on that, but that's a big change. Then there's also going to be defensive shift limits, which is going to be so that you can't shift the infield all the way to one side. It's going to be some limits to that, and we'll talk about that in a different episode. And then lastly, bigger bases, like we mentioned, which they were doing it in the minors previously, and it yielded a lot of stolen base results which is going to throw a huge wrench in the way we play fantasy baseball because I think steals are going to go through the roof this year and I think Mm. drafting guys that are specifically steal heavy guys is a mistake but we'll talk about that in a later episode I just wanted to tell you all about the rule changes in case you didn't know because we're already like an hour and 20 minutes deep into this podcast so might as well tell you the rest of the information but That is all for this episode of This Week in Fantasy Baseball. Before you go, make sure that you follow us on Twitter. It's at ThisWeekPL. Or send us your comments and questions at ThisWeekPLPod at gmail.com. You can find John on Twitter at TheJohnKa. That's T-H-E-J-O-H-N-K-E. And you can follow myself on Twitter at Regicidal. That's R-E-G-I-C-I-D-A-L. Please subscribe to the PitcherList podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you can find us, and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. And lastly, sign up for PitcherList Plus. By doing so, you can join us in the PitcherList Discord and get advice from all of the fantasy experts and writers over there. But that's all for this week. We'll be back soon with another episode of the off-season edition of This Week in Fantasy Baseball. 